Hear what our Lord Jesus Christ saith. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Glory to God who has given us salvation in his Son, Jesus Christ. Glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they came together and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Now the Pharisees were men of the law. And that may sound like a bad thing, but their desire was to follow the law of God. The downfall is that sometimes the law can become something in and of itself within our hearts rather than the intent of the law. You can lose the context when applying the law to another. They believed that there were 613 commandments given by God to his people. But often these commandments were applied without love. And so the lawyer, with ill intent in his heart, comes to Jesus and asks him, Teacher, what do you say is the greatest law? And Jesus answers back with the law of love. This is not that the laws of God are to be discounted, nor does Jesus say that the law of God is no longer applicable. He establishes the lens through which the law, the word of God, must be understood, and that is love. God sees into the very depths of your heart. He is able to discern the inward parts of your heart that perhaps you yourself are unaware of. My heart as well. What does he find there? Does he find unforgiveness for those who have spoke of ill? those who have hurt you physically, spiritually, emotionally? Does he find hardness of heart? Does he find prejudice? Does he find strongholds and bondages? Does he find a desire to sin? Does he find that you have placed yourself or others or 
things before him? Chances are that the answer to all of this is yes. If not in this particular moment, then in the next. What the Father longs to see when he looks deeply into our hearts is the love that he has placed there. He longs to see that we love him. Jesus tells us not to throw away the law, but to love. In another place in his word, he tells us that we are to apply the truth in love. It's not love or truth. It's the truth in love. And so Jesus tells us that we are to love the Lord our God with all our heart. If I were to say to you, my heart is broken, how would you receive that? Well, he's a little upset about something. Or would you think that I am deeply hurt by something? Deeply hurt to the very core of my being. When we say that my heart is broken, we're not saying I'm a little sad or a little concerned or a little wounded. When we say, my heart is broken, we are saying that we are hurting within the depths of our being. If I say, when Sarah or Rebecca ask, Daddy, do you love me? And I say, I love you with all my heart. Am I saying, I need a doctor here, how much is the physical heart how much of the body is that? Just the heart itself. The size of a fist. Thank you, doctor. So, it's not a very big part of the body, is it? So if I say, I love you with all my heart, are they thinking, you love me with about one one hundredth of your whole being. No, they know that when I say I love you with all my heart, they know what I'm saying is that I love you so deeply that I love you with all my being. There's no part of me that does not love you. And so when Jesus says we are to love God with all our heart, he's not saying that we are to love him with merely a part of who we are, but with all of who we are. We are to love God fully. He then goes on to say that we are to love God with all our soul. 
One dictionary says that the soul is the principle of life. Feeling, thought, and action. It is the spiritual part of humans, regarded in its moral aspect. That is, we are to love God with our whole being, and we are to love him with the very principle of who we are. He is to become the very principle of our being, the one for whom we live. And our morals belong to him. But Jesus goes on to add a third element. We are to love God with all our mind. And one dictionary says that this is the element, part, substance, or process that reasons, thinks, wills, judges. We are to love God with our heart, soul, and mind. In other words, God is saying, when it comes to loving me, put your whole heart into it. Everything must be about me. Yesterday I was in the Yankee Candle Factory in Northborough. And I said to the woman as she was attempting to sell me candles, I said, actually, I love this table. Is this table for sale? Because it was nice and tall, beautiful woodwork. And she said, no, that's just for our displays. I said, oh, because I'm a priest, and this is a perfect height for an altar. You see what I was trying to do? Just walk across the room. I was going fishing. And she wasn't biting. She said, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. Meanwhile, back at the candles. And so I then said, Lord, provide me another avenue. And it was clear that she had an accent. So I said to her, I hope you don't mind me asking, but where are you from originally? Because I can tell that your accent is not a Bostonian accent. And she said, oh, I'm from Poland. And I said, oh, you're from Poland. And I said, so what church do you belong to? No church. It was kind of ironic because they had a sign in there that you could buy and it said, fishing, one jerk on side of the pole waiting for a jerk on the other side of the pole. (laughs) So I said, well, were you raised in the church? She said, yes, I was raised in the Russian Orthodox Church. And I'm like, oh, thank you, God. And I said... I have a degree, actually, in Anglican, because that's who I am, and Orthodox relationships. 
And she said, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. And then she decided to say, I'm spiritual, I'm not religious. And during the night, I thought of the response, which may have not been good, actually. But that's like saying, I'm married, but I don't have vows. I want everything to be on my terms. And you know what God is saying? God is saying, it's actually on my terms. I love you so much that I desire a relationship with you. And I've given you commandments. I've given you my word so that your heart can focus on me. Now, it's hard to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And in some ways, we may never fully get there in this world. But you know what? There's joy in the journey. I'm going to share with you a secret you don't know about me. I love Maine. And I love not only getting to Maine, the place in particular where I'm going, I love anything on the other side of the Green Bridge. I love the journey. And this is what God is saying. God is going fishing just as I went fishing yesterday. By the way, I gave her my card before I left, and I said, When you change your mind, give me a call. Because God provides lots of opportunities when we realize that having him on our own terms is just not enough. But God is going fishing when he says, love me with all your heart. He's going fishing. And he's saying, you know what? There's joy in the journey. You may only have glimpses of it, but there's joy in in the journey. And once we turn our heart in that direction, it's like we're on the other side of that green bridge. There's joy in every part of the journey as we make our way toward Him. We are to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind. And our neighbor as ourself. Now, a lot of people misinterpret what this means. They think, well, as much as I love myself, that's how much I should love other people. Well, that's not actually what it means in the original language, because we don't always love ourselves in a very healthy way, do we? So we don't want to take our dysfunctional way of loving ourselves and start applying it to other people. Because you know what? that's not going to be healthy either. If I love myself in a dysfunctional way, and that's how I start loving Bob, that's going to be dysfunctional as well. And guess what? Bob is just going to have more dysfunction in his life. I'm not implying that you already have enough dysfunction in your life. (laughs) But who needs more dysfunction? None of us. What it actually means is that we are to love our neighbor 
as we are to love ourselves. That is, we are to see ourselves as people, yes, fallen and broken and sinful, but greatly loved by God, as people whom God has called into relationship with him, as people who were made in his image and likeness. In other words, we are to put on God's glasses when we love ourselves and love others. We are to start loving God. Now, I'm going to tell you, and you're going to, be, going to say, well, why? What's going on? What's the inside scoop? What? I'm just going to come out with it, and this is all I'm going to tell you. There's a lot of garbage going on right now in our church. From the top down, there's a lot of garbage going on. And you know what? It's not healthy, and it's not of God. And it has to stop now. And the only way it can is by us loving God with all our heart and seeing one another as someone greatly loved by God. Have you ever met someone and you say, stop trying to figure out what it is. <laughs> and you say, oh, this is, this is Greg. He's Diana's husband. And you get all excited to meet him because you've heard so many wonderful things about him. And you say, wow, Greg, it is great to meet you. I've heard a lot of wonderful things about you. And you're happy because you know how important this person is to this person whom you love. So in a way, you already have an affection towards them. Well, guess what? Everyone you meet is greatly loved by God. Greatly loved. And so you should say, I've heard a lot about you. God talks about you all the time. You would think you were the only one in the whole world. You are so important to him. Therefore, you're important to me. Now I'm going to quote St. Gregory of Nazianzus, friend of Gregory of, of Nisa. So he's got to be good. And Gregory of Nazianzus writes, he says, In obedience to Christ himself, we must look upon charity as the first and greatest commandment, the sum of the law and the teaching of the prophets. And so the first thing, it's not to throw out the law, it's not that there's no right or wrong, but we are to share all things in charity with one another. In obedience to Christ. And so if I love Christ, Christ has got to be number one in my life. And I have to see Greg and Tim and Praveen and Bob and Rachel and Karen and Father and Brianna, who wants to be recognized. I have to see them as God sees them. And you know what? Not always easy. But it is easy when I realize that, but by the grace of God, you know what? I'm just like them. And if God can love me, who am I 
not to love those whom he loves. And not only love them in the sense of tolerating them, but love them dearly because they are loved dearly. I keep seeing you, Pastor Linda, come up here. Are you trying to get uh, points, pointers for your sermon? Yes, as a matter of fact, I'm listening going. Yeah, I could have preached that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. We, we, we want you to know. And you can do that, because we love you too. So. And so Gregory of Nazianzus goes on to say, and the chief traits of charity are love. Love. And then listen to what he says. God is worshipped more by mercy than by any single act. God is worshipped more by mercy than by any single act, for nothing is so appropriate as mercy in his regard, since mercy and truth go before him. We must offer him mercy for others rather than our judgment upon them. That's truly loving them as ourselves. As ourselves. Well, that's big stuff by Gregory of Nazianzus. But you know what? He wasn't the first to come up with it. Jesus did. God did in his word. Let us love God with all our heart. Because in doing so, our hearts will become changed more and more every day. And let us love one another, for they are create, we are created in the image and likeness of God. And when we go astray, let us share the truth with one another in love. In love. Just the other day, one, one of our church families said, I invited someone in my household to join me at church. They didn't do that to judge them or to condemn them, because guess what? Judgment and condemnation isn't their job. Judgment belongs to whom? God. But they did so because they want the one they love to know God's love, healing, mercy, forgiveness, and truth as they've come to know it. Why? Because they love that person. There is not a single person you will meet in your life whom God doesn't feel that way about. He loves them. And He wants them to know the truth and the love and the grace and the goodness, and the healing that he has for them. This is why we share the good news and the truth and love. Not to judge people or to condemn them or to beat them over the head, right? but that they too may know what we know. And that is that is broken and fallen and stumbling as we are, God loves us. And that love is waiting for them too. I love you because God loves you. 
because you're important to him. Love me. You know why? Because as fallen and broken and sinful and stumbling as I am, I'm loved by God. And I'm important to him too. And love covers a multitude of sins. Amen.